Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. Fire, flood and drought. It's a lot for a community to go through in a decade. Unfortunately, though, it's pretty much the story of those living in the Dargo region. How, though, do you go about supporting that community and helping them recover? G'day, I'm Drew Radford, and after so much trauma, individuals can start to cut off and isolate. However, a new program being delivered in East Gippsland by Bush Nursing is helping overcome that. To find out more, I'm joined for this AgVic Talk podcast by Bush Nurse and midwife Megan Lee. Megan, thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. Megan, part of your title is Bush Nurse. What is it and what attracted you to it? So a bush nurse is somebody who takes up a nursing position in a remote community. There's a number of bush nursing centres located around Victoria. In the east here we have six bush nursing centres and I currently work out of Dargo. You would call us bush nurses because we are essentially located away from the main townships and things like that. We are essentially located in the bush. Megan, I understand you're back now practising pretty much in the region that you grew up in. I didn't grow up in Dargo itself. Um, I grew up in the Mafra area, which is just over an hour away from Dargo. So I've never really moved far from the Gippsland area in my nursing and midwifery career. I imagine that could be quite an advantage, having that level of understanding about your local community. Yeah, I think it does have a good advantage uh, having grown up in a rural area. You tend to understand that everybody knows everybody. I suppose there's probably very much a need for really upholding confidentiality because you literally walk down the street and walk past people and say hello to many of the people that you also treat on a daily basis as well. So I think it's important to have that background and to know that, you know, in rural communities, word travels pretty fast. I'd imagine that confidentiality is particularly important because you're in a region that's been through some tough times in terms of floods and fires. So the support you offer, I'd imagine, is more important than ever. Absolutely. Yeah, we've, we've been through quite a number of natural disasters here. We've had everything from bushfires to floods to drought, to earthquakes even. Each one of these, particularly in a rural community, has the ability to impact people both financially, emotionally. Yeah, they're natural disasters that perhaps in the city won't affect you as much as what they would if you were living in a rural area. How then do you go about supporting the community during these times? So we just make ourselves available for the community to drop into. Anyone can come in and and have a general chat with us. We are always interested in people's wellbeing and how they're travelling. Sometimes we take the initiative and we'll contact them just to see how they're going and how they're keeping up with, you know, both life working and also whether they're engaging with others in the community and socialising. We try to have community events regularly so that people have that opportunity to sit down with others and just chat. Our community lunches are a really popular thing. We also offer a lot of different health clinics in order for people to come in and get things like um, podiatry, optometry, dental, counselling. 
we've run vaccination clinics. We're constantly looking for ways to get that wider community in and, you know, just getting in the door might be the first step to potentially being able to sit down and say, how have you been going? You mentioned there that wider community. How wide is the net that you cast? I mean, what's the maximum distance somebody really needs to travel to get in to see you guys? Yeah, that one came up more recently because we currently have someone on our radar that we really want to just get out and see and and make sure they're travelling okay. And um, that trip is an hour and a half just to get there. So three hour round trip just to go out and see them. That's an important point, though, in terms of you're saying you hold clinics, but you provide outreach programs as well. You're on the road. Definitely. And um, part of being on the road, we have um, a fantastic vehicle that is connected to our clinic that we were able to have purchased through funding to the clinic. And that vehicle's all decked out with um, all of the essentials that we need to be on the road. So do a lot of our training with Ambulance Victoria and Ambulance Victoria provide bush nursing centres with the vitally important equipment that is needed to go out and you know respond to anything pretty much on the road. So what is it, like a four-wheel clinic for want of a better description? Yeah, pretty much. It's both equipped to respond to emergencies but also to be able to go out to someone who does live, you know, a three-hour round trip away and be able to do a full health assessment on them and to be really able to provide that in-home service. You mentioned a number of things there that I, I guess uh, help with physical ailments, but you also were alluding to someone you wanted to get out and see because you had concerns. So I'm assuming the mental health aspect is just as important as the physical health aspect. It certainly is, particularly as I mentioned, you're living in a, a rural and remote area. Some of these natural disasters that we've experienced over the last few years, they will affect these people living in these remote areas. So from that point, you know, sitting down with them and, and being able to have that chat to say, how are you going? And then second to that, we also have the great ability to offer a counselling service from the Royal Flying Doctors here at the clinic. So we can always offer for them to come in and see a trained counsellor as well. So essentially, Megan, you're a kind of a gateway service in some regards, obviously you provide core needs, but it's about getting someone through the door, I think was an earlier description. Yeah, definitely. I think you've really hit the nail on the head there that we are nurses and midwives. So, you know, we have a fair education and background in in doing our nursing and midwifery role. Um, However, there's so many other services that people might be missing out on because they live so remotely. And for us to be kind of that gateway to provide those services within this clinic means that, you know, this community becomes able to access so much more. I spoke to a farmer recently and he said he went through a real revelation when he finally did an asset check on his property and he worked out the most important asset was his health. Does that resonate for you? Yeah, I think that really resonates. My husband is a farmer as well, so I can really identify with that idea that you're constantly thinking about running the farm, but sometimes you have to stop for a minute and actually go, well, how am I going to keep running things if I'm not running well myself? You mentioned it's been a long haul, nearly a decade. Finally, some good rains, some good stock prices. Are you seeing a change in outlook in terms of the the health, particularly the mental health of the community you serve? 
Yeah, I think, you know, everyone's feeling really positive about the prices and I know, you know, it, it looks on face value. People go, oh, look how much you're getting for cattle prices now. You know, the drought must be a distant memory. But unfortunately, it doesn't quite go like that. It often takes a number of years to build back after all of the hard work you've done getting through the drought in the first place. But certainly these cattle prices are going a long way to rebuilding back to where we might be able to feel really comfortable about the future ahead. There's one thing to say about droughts. Once you've kind of gotten out of one and the weather's looking better, it's not so much about, thank God that's over, it's about, okay, let's get ready for the next one. Megan, part of your title is midwife. Are you seeing a change in the community that you serve, their makeup, and consequently the services that you are required to deliver to meet their needs? Look, I think this is probably one of the more interesting aspects of this community is what looks to be a bit of a sort of rotation in generation, I guess. There used to be, for instance, a primary school up here that's been in recess for a number of years. So it doesn't have children servicing the school at the moment. It's running as a community house. However, people have mentioned more recently that there seems to be enough children in the community now should they be looking at reopening the primary school and potentially offering that service. We've had three babies come into the community in the last 12 months. So I guess in some ways, yes, there is more of a a youth coming through in the population. However, I think we could say that the majority of the farmers in the area are more advanced in age. I can't say that we've seen many new young farming families come in. We've had a few, but not in a big way. Megan, I understand that there's been a pilot program run in the region to basically better help farmers. What has that involved? So this is the AgVic Farmer Health Initiative. It's been a great project that they've put forward to Bush Nursing Centres to deliver. So we're looking at keeping farmers, workers and farm families safe and well. What's that really mean to farmers when you're out on the ground delivering this pilot program? So I think what it really means to farmers is that we're identifying that farmers are, they are unique people and I I can say that being the wife of a farmer. Look, they tend to spend a lot of their time away from people. They're dealing with animals, they're driving tractors, they're running large land holdings and for the most part it's it's a job that can be sometimes isolating. So if you add to that living in a really remote community, you are essentially isolating yourself even further and farmers tend to be fairly busy people too. They're kind of up at sun up and coming in the house late at night, you know, sitting down for dinner and it's a seven day a week job and it's something that can be highly demanding both physically and emotionally for a farmer, particularly with also climate to take into consideration and and what we experience through that and natural disasters. So what we're trying to do is that we're trying to reach out to these farmers and say, well, we know you're busy. We know that you're a long way from being able to get these health checks done. We know that your health is just as important as everybody else's. So we're going to come to you and we're going to come and and make sure that you're doing okay. That's quite a remarkable service. So you generally embraced with that sort of approach? Yeah, I would have to say I have not had one person that we've approached, one farmer, turn down the offer to be involved in this program. 
And I can tell you now, knowing how private some people can be, I was aware that potentially some people wouldn't be interested because they would like to keep some things to themselves and feel like they're ticking along okay. Perhaps they're not ticking along okay and they're not ready to talk about things. So for me to see every person that we've approached say, yes, I'm happy to be involved, it gives me a real positive outlook in regards to how this project's going to be delivered. I can actually hear the uplift in your voice when you're saying that. So you're obviously clearly proud of it and getting really positive feedback from it. Can you share any success stories? So I guess success stories that we can probably look at now is we're really focused on vaccination as the big thing at the moment. So I guess in one way that's success because we've been able to get those farmers and engage with them and make sure that we're letting them know all of the information they need in order to make that decision about their health and um, getting vaccinated and protecting themselves. Not the recent census, but the one before, there was around 100 people in the population of Dargo, but that actually swells up to about 5,000 during peak holiday time. So to be able to get that across to our community and those that are full-time here, that just because they are on a farm and they're fairly isolated, they're still coming into town, they're still buying their daily paper or maybe dropping in for a coffee every now and then and going to the shop or going to the pub for a meal, that being on the farm isn't necessarily going to protect them. And we saw a really good uptake with vaccination. So I guess for a start, that's part of the success of rolling this out. That's held us up a little bit in regards to being able to get out and do our home visits and health assessments. But that's the next part of our goal of getting this project rolled out. That sounds like a really positive success. So Megan, importantly, how can people get in contact with you? They can get in contact with us directly if they want to give us a call on the phone. Our phone number here at Dargo is 51401246. You can drop in. We're more than happy to have anybody drop in. We can certainly sit down and, and talk to you about what the project's about and if you want to get involved. We also have an email if you're on the email system. And that's the Dargo BNC for Bush Nursing Centre at gha.net.au and we also have a presence on Facebook. We put a lot of information about our upcoming events and things that are going on here. And Megan, I imagine anybody who's listening to this in broader Victoria, if they wanted to get in contact with uh, Bush Nursing Clinic, go on the web? Yeah, you could definitely go on the web as well. If you're in any of the areas of the east that may be close to, uh, I'll list the nursing centres for you, Galantope, Swifts Creek, Can Valley, Ensay and Buchan. So all of those ones are running the project as well. Megan, you're doing a wonderful job keeping your community healthy and safe. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about the services you do provide and all the best for continuing to do so in the future. Thank you very much for having me come and speak today. I've, I've really appreciated being able to put bush nursing centres out there on the map and to talk about what it is that we do. We, we really do feel ourselves that we're such an important part of, of each of the communities that we work within. Thank you for listening to Ag Vic Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release. 
contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria, authorised by the Victorian Government Melbourne.